When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio at Warchant TV. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great Monday. Hope you shook off a tough Saturday. At least it's tough if you're uh, waiting, awaiting Florida State's first win of the season. Didn't come this Saturday either, did it? It's a loss to Louisville. Plenty to be shaking your head at early in this game. Uh, I absolutely thought we were headed for a low point, And then, oddly, oddly, I actually feel better after this game. This is going to shock a lot of people than I did after the Notre Dame game, and there was plenty to be, um, you know, encouraged by after the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game. But this was a uh, a turnaround of epic proportions. Doesn't doesn't mean that you're satisfied with a loss at home to Louisville. I, I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that. I think though, when you understand that the baseline of this team is that it's not very good, and that they have a long way to go, and that the rebuild is underway, quite obviously, and that you're trying to see signs of traction and signs of kids having a light bulb go off. Well, you saw it about uh, nine minutes into the second quarter through the rest of the game. At least defensively, you did. Now they are going to lose a lot of games still, and I don't know that there's any one game beyond UMass that I'd feel completely comfortable saying is a potential win. Uh, so it, it is all relative. It's it's week in, week out, having to uh, swallow your pride and watch this thing uh, move forward and, and, and not in a successful way. But I do see some things that suggest they're going to play uh, better and more aggressive uh, and smarter defense. Now, if they don't start that way against Syracuse, it's all for naught, and we're having a very different discussion. I am absolutely at a loss for why this team continues to come out and start games so slowly, in particular on the defensive end where they give up big play after big play, they can't get off the field on third down, and it is maddening. But with very little in the way of adjustments to scheme in this game, those same players who were being victimized began to make plays, began to set the edge, play with leverage, use good technique, read their keys, 
trigger downhill, tackle violently, and really kind of, uh, I think, establish what's possible for that group moving forward. There, there are going to be teams that get thoroughly outmatched against, uh, but this was that was a little different. And, I mean, look, man, Florida State's 0-4. Nobody's happy. I'm not telling you that you should be happy with 0-4. I'm not saying that you should walk around today with your chest out feeling good about what you saw. They gave up 31 points in the first half. They get, I mean, Louisville comes out, touchdown, 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 field goal. That, that'll hurt your feelings. That's not good. That's kind of going to have you two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you when you look at Coach Fuller and that staff. At the same time, what happened, what transpired over the remainder of the game was a total antithesis to what happened through the first five drives. It is a very weird thing to have to explain, a very weird thing to watch play out, but a very real thing that happened, and it wasn't solely because Louisville dialed it back. Go back and rewatch that. It was not that. There are elements of it, but it was not solely that at all. Florida State actually won some one-on-one matchups. Florida State actually physically ended up taking it to Louisville. Now, did, did Louisville's mindset shift? Maybe. Sure, I mean, uh, when you get up to that big a lead, it can can certainly happen. I want I want to uh, I want to play audio today from Mike Norvell, uh, Corey Clark, WarChant.com's own Corey Clark. Ask Mike Norvell about what it is he is, um, how he's messaging uh, recruits at this point. Uh, what is his message uh, to recruits? Uh, what is it he can sell to recruits at zero and four? Um, now, you can only imagine. Uh, the amount of frustration he and his staff feel, uh, it's um, got to be tough week in and week out uh, to to think that you're making progress and to go out and have a game start that way and for the losses to continue to mount and have to hear all of the surrounding noise, which, I mean, I would tell you this, one thing about Coach Norvell that I have discovered over the course of this short amount of time of getting to know him, talking to him, interviewing him, and being around him is that um, he's not going to make excuses. He's not going to tell you that uh, it's okay. And he's also not going to get all that angry about those dissenting views or those criticisms. I think you kind of have to be a realist. you got to be pragmatic. If you're presiding over a football team that's 0-4, which has a loss at home, uh, to an FCS school, then you know the criticisms are warranted. And that's fine. You can't get all upset about that, and he's not, and that's good. But I did appreciate the candor here. Here's his answer to that question about how it is that you are uh, selling – uh, recruits at this point. We will have Ira on later in the show. I failed to mention that's at 2.30, not at 2 o'clock. I don't know why I got sidetracked there, but he will join us a little bit later in the show. Here is, uh, again, Mike Norvell from earlier today. It's about four and a half minutes of audio, and it's good. I don't normally allow for you know four and five minutes of audio to take up a chunk like this, but I, I did want you to hear his response to that question because I think it's a good one. Sorry, Mike, I don't not to belabor the point, but back to the recruits. What, what message are you selling them? And it, can you sell them that this program is getting better even when the results on the field? Oh, they, they watch, not to cut you off, but they, they watch the games too. They, they see the opportunities. They see the, the, the opportunity for themselves. They see the opportunity of uh, – and they have a belief in who they are. And that's what I want to be around. I want to be around guys that I – mean, it's easy to, 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 to look at a reason why – to go in maybe an easier route of something that is established. I mean, we've had there's been a lot of change around this program over the last few years, and that affects all 
That affects everything. It affects recruiting. It affects you know the guys that, that have to come to work every single day. When there's change in the in the standard of operations, when there's change in how you do things, when there's change in what you're looking for, um, you know the priorities of of the individuals. Well, when those guys, when when you lay out the vision of what you want, you live it out every day. And the best recruiters we have on this on on here are the players, because they're the ones that get to talk about what it is day in and day out how our coaches care about the, the players, how our coaches invest, the focus on teaching fundamentals, the focus on, on you know, putting playmakers in an opportunity to make plays. But we've got to go out there and we've got to do a better job in every one of those areas. But I'm looking for guys that want to be a part of that process too. The guys that want to be successful, guys that want to be challenged, guys that, that are willing to, to step up and step out and go do something that, you know what, they're going to have to defend. Well, why are you going, why there? Because the best dang fit for them. It's an opportunity where they're going to go get pushed. They're going to get developed. They're going to have an opportunity to, to, to play at you know, one of the gr greatest places in the, in the country, right, with a wonderful fan base that cares. Right? I, I mean, look, I'm pissed off that we're 0-4, right? And we can bring up how many years it's been. I don't really give – I mean, that's not – I can't control that. I can control this team at this moment and right now with the opportunity. And so we're going to work our, our butts off to go get better, and we're going to do it the right way, and we're going to have a standard of how we operate. It's going to be the same standard that we're going to ask them to do in a, in a classroom, the same standard of, of everything that we do. I'm going to hold myself to it because i got to be the example. And you know what? Does that mean I'm not going to make a mistake? I'll probably make a mistake. Might make one today, might make one tomorrow, that's, that's going to, but I will respond to that. And so that's the team I want because I've seen it work. I've been a part of teams that, you know what, they've, they've been on a losing streak. They didn't get caught up with all the crap that was on the outside and everybody telling you what you can't do and, oh, this is the issue and that's it. Yeah, it's easy to point at that. But who wants to be a part of the solution? So those are the guys we're going after. And, you know, there's, there's some kids that, man, this program over here, they're, they're well established. They've got, you know, they've, they've got this, they've got that. And you know what? Probably had a lot of continuity. It's probably been, you know, some things that have been in place there for, for, for a time. So even when the adversity strikes, there's a quick response to it. We're going through that process. We're setting the foundation. We're doing it the right way. And so I'm excited about the guys that we're recruiting because I'm excited about the guys that say yes. And then when adversity strikes and, oh, man, you go, you've lost a couple games. Are you still – is that still what you want to do? Ones that st stand up, st step out. And those are the guys that you can, you can guarantee are going to be a part of the change in a positive way. And we have those guys here. I have those guys in that locker room right now because it's really easy when it's 31 to 7, right, which, you know, you, you feel it. Like, it, I mean, if I was a fan, I'd be pissed off, 31 to 7. All right, some of them stayed, some of them didn't. The ones that did got to see a team that came back and responded, right, and played their butts off till the end. Now, were we successful? No, it was a failure. We did not win that game, and that's what we, that's what we came out. I felt very confident in it. I felt that, that we were going to put ourselves in a great position. But you know what? We came up short, but they did not stop. They continued to believe, and it's for the guys that we recruit, for the coaches that are on the staff, for the players that are on this team, that's what I want. Because if you have that, then you, you might get your butt knocked down, but you're going to get up and you're going to respond the right way. Yes, we are 0-4, but we have today. And then, Lord willing, wake up tomorrow, we'll have tomorrow. And what we do with that, man, I, I've got a lot of confidence in. All right, thank you, Coach. You don't want another question. <laughs> 
So that's Mike Norvell responding to um, Corey Clark's question about what it is you're telling recruits. Um, obviously, I would say that um, a couple things here. So I noticed this a lot whenever we have the chat up or anytime you read social media or anything. When, when a team is bad or a team, in this case, team's 0-4, and, and a coach or coaching staff has made mistakes, what ends up happening is that there's nothing he can say that will satiate their frustrations, that will help assuage their anger. If he says, we've made mistakes, I take full responsibility for those mistakes, we're working to get those corrected and we're going to fight like hell to get this thing turned around. People say it's too late. You've already screwed up. There's nothing you can do now. Da, 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 da. If you don't take responsibility and you don't own up to those mistakes, well, then it's excuse making. There's, there's just not a lot you can do. So I think you're kind of, you're kind of cornered obviously. And there's no question that, you know, when you hear him speak, he sounds uh, immensely frustrated as one would be. Uh, when you're off to a start like this, a disastrous uh, start like this. And I always say, again, that I think less is more. I, I think, you know, less is more usually when when there's just not an answer that is going to satisfy people. Um, but I do believe that when you hear him answer a question honestly like that about the, you know, the position... Uh, that they're in, um, I, th- I think he's being honest. I, I, there is he, he he cares very deeply. Um, he believes in what they're doing. What's most important isn't whether or not the fans believe in what he's doing or what he's done or what is or is not the reality behind closed doors or what's even happening right now, ultimately, at least for this year, on the field. Yeah, you got to win games. Uh, you, you'll lose your job eventually if you don't win football games. Everybody knows that. Uh, but what is most important is that the players that you have, the, the, the players that you have, that you have sold your belief, your vision to, and your methodology to, that they believe. And I think the number one thing that I take away up to this point is that through four games, they have four losses, and there's enough blame to go around for lots of people. Yes, the frustration is overwhelming, and yet, and yet, There is nobody over there, the players, folks in the athletic department, the guys that are actually out on the field who, no doubt, tired of losing, uh, that no longer believe. You don't don't see that. You don't see that. Now, I would think if the losses continue, if you you end up having, um, you know, a season in which you're 1-11, it might be difficult to continue to sell that. It might be difficult to keep them together. But it's pretty clear up to this point. And the only way you come back from down you know, 31 to 13 at one point or whatever it was, 31-7, the only way you come back from that is if, in fact, those guys are still fighting and believing. Now, you don't, get, you don't win a medal for that. I mean, that's the minimum, right? And Mike has said as much. That's the minimum that you at least have to continue to to work. But not all teams do, and not all teams continue to do that even after the losses mount. 
So that is another thing that I guess if you were hoping for something to, I, I guess, reveal that the day-to-day operations and work ethic and preparations are in place and believed in, yeah, that's all there. Results for this season are not going to be what anybody expects or wants. That is That ship has sailed. But you cannot snap your fingers overnight and change out the talent level that you have on this offensive line. You cannot suddenly find a quality at this point, a quarterback. It's not on the roster. Does it, it, it does not exist. It is not on the roster. That receiving core, not dynamic. A couple guys that I think will be good players, but nothing dynamic. No game changers there. By the way, that tight end room is also seemingly non-existent. So the path out of here is going to be identifying the younger players that are going to get better as this season goes along and that you can win with next year and the year after, right? Finding which few nuggets of hope you have, which which of those guys are going to continue to grow and be a part of the future when this team starts to get things turned around. And then from there, you have to somehow retain that recruiting class. That's going to be the biggest thing. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an ugly deal. Uh, the process is ugly, as Robert writes, and worse than the days leading up to the treatment, but some prefer the days of ignorant bliss. Yeah, and I, I'm going to be reticent to compare what we're going through to, to chemo. I understand what your point is. Uh, I, w- I would just say that, um, yeah, there's no such thing as a fan base that has patience for losing. I've never seen one. I don't know that it exists. There are those fan bases that I think because of maybe their their history, uh, of which there may be more of a history, uh, can can have a better perspective of stretches like this than than others. You know, if you've had a if you've had a program that's been around for a hundred years and gone through the ups and downs and won championships and then gone through stretches where they were terrible, you can meet the older fans and they'll have a little bit better perspective of what's happening. Uh, but there aren't too many fan bases anywhere, regardless of tradition, that are patient with losing. And so I think looking for that, especially in social media forums or message boards or chat rooms, that ain't, that ain't going to exist. Um, and so I, I think that you know. We'd be wise to kind of focus in, I think, individually if you're doing this, if you're looking for uh, both the good and the bad and you're trying to really assess where we're at and how far we have to go and whether or not this is the right guy, all these things, you're looking for uh, concrete evidence of growth in a season in which the losses will be hmm, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight or nine, perhaps ten. Tough. That is tough. Chef Cameron throw a show, not throw. I was going to make a joke about our quarterbacks, but that's just, I don't want to add to that. There's just, <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know what's cool? Is in the midst of all of this, no, not the losing every Saturday for FSU football, but rather just all of the football that's on our plate every weekend, both pro and college, and then scattered throughout the week. Soon you'll be adding to the list of good, which is playoff baseball. Sorry about the six to nothing. I don't listen, listen, you can give up a win here or there, buddy. We needed to win one late here. I'm trying to get to I'm trying to get to sixty. Well, not when the Cardinals never ever lose a game, and then the Braves go on the road and and you know sweep two straight opponents. Yeah, you're not going to the playoffs. No, no, we're not. No, thanks. You got to step up and beat the lowly Pirates, my man. I mean, you kind of can do something about it. Who's in? Who's not for this week? As it is the final week, I should note that the Tampa Bay Rays clinched their third straight playoff spot with that seven to one win over Toronto on uh, what was it, the twenty first. Then they clinched the AL East crown with a 7-3 win over the Marlins two days ago. And they have the AL's best record. That is a well-run organization that plays frequently in front of very few people. Damn it, man. Obviously, the Giants and the Dodgers have uh, all clinched their playoff spots. But that said, give it up to the Giants holding off the Dodgers. Now up two games. That's surprising. The Brewers clinched at least a wild-card spot with that win back on the 18th of September over the Cubs. Then they clinched the NL Central title with an 8-4 win yesterday. And who else? White Sox have clinched the AL Central, becoming the first team to win the division title in 2021. They won that 7-2 game against Cleveland, which was the opening game of a doubleheader on the 23rd, and that's when that was accomplished. Now we say, who can clinch a playoff spot next? That'd be the Astros. Their magic number is two. The reason I'm giving you this now is because Ira joins us next. It's a short segment, just setting the ledger. Setting the ledger for playoff matchups. Key series to watch this week, Yankees-Blue Jays. This year's wild card race is fun. Fresh off a sweep of the Red Sox this weekend, the Yankees look to keep up their momentum, while the Jays entered the week two games behind the Yankees and one behind the Red Sox. Hope to uh, turn a streaky New York team cold again. We'll see. Meanwhile, the A's are in Seattle to meet the Mariners, and neither of those teams are out of it just yet. Philadelphia is at Atlanta. Here's your dying. This is it. Hold on, buddy. Not going to happen. Cardinals never lose. The Phillies, if they want to get into October, have to win the NL East straight up. They have three games this week against the first-place Braves. That will make or break their season. They win them. They could go. If they don't, they will not. It is that simple. If the season ended today... Tiebreakers excluded. The East champ are the Rays. The Central champ, the White Sox. The West champ would be the Astros. The first wild card would be the Yankees. The second wild card would be the Red Sox. The National League, the East champs would be the Braves. The Central champ, Brewers, already clinched. West champ, Giants. First wild card, Dodgers. That's an iffy place to be in. Second wild card, Cardinals. Playoff schedule would feature, uh, what do we have? Wild card round is Tuesday, October the 5th. Right around the corner. I sincerely hope the Blue Jays make it. I do, too. It's a fun team to watch, right? They have, like, uh, you just say Otani is the AL MVP. Mm, they maybe. have Guerrero, Simeon, probably two and three in the AL MVP race. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. Robbie Ray, who's probably Robbie Ray, probably the AL Cy Young winner. 
That's a good team that needs to be in the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, it's like when the Pirates won 98 games in a division where two other teams won 100. Mm, nice. Thanks. <laughs> it's a while back. Frustrating. These things happen. Irashfell, warchant.com, set to join us next. Stay tuned. It's Jeff Cameron's show on a Monday. Hope you're well. Thanks for tuning in. One more thing real quick to uh, further what you just heard, the Orange Theory Fitness ad there. I want to I want to remind everybody, this is your chance right now to uh, still save while there are a few days left in the month. Uh, new members, you get one month free with a purchase of a heart rate monitor. That is a hell of a deal. First class is always free. This goes through September 30th. Now, that first class being free, that's always the case. But these deals I'm about to mention, um, this deal is up at the end of the month, which is rapidly approaching. In fact, this Thursday ends the month. Refer a friend uh, or upgrade if you're an active member and you'll get dis- discounted memberships over the next three months, as well as non-active members if you sign back up. You, you receive a discounted price for the next three months as well. So for elite members, that's $30 off for three months, $50 off for premier members. If you want to know more about that promotion or how Orange Theory Fitness can change your life, 850-895-9683, orangetheoryfitness.com. Let's bring him in now. It's Ira Chaffel, warchant.com. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. So, you know, on, on the one hand, you can't, you know, we talk about this, you can't get blood from a stone. So you're not good at quarterback, you're not real good on the offensive line, and your receivers are not dynamic, the tight ends are non-existent, therefore you're not going to be a dynamic offense. Defensively, they've had real hard times in the back end there. Your linebackers aren't good. So I guess in summary, it's not a great team. What do you look for each week? Because I actually think we saw some of what you're desperately working looking for at about the midway point of the second quarter on in this game, and so people can call me overly optimistic, but I got kind of excited about some things I saw in this game, even after yet another loss. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's like most things. You know, it's not one or the other. Sure, People want to make this, it's, okay, they've got no talent, or they've got terrible coaching, and I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. There are major talent deficiencies, but there are things the coaching staff could do to minimize those deficiencies and take advantage of some strengths that they have better than they have so far. That's part of why they're 0-4. Um, but that doesn't mean everything the coaches have done has been terrible, and it doesn't mean that they could be 3-1 and or 4-0 and with better coaches. Um, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, th- I think the coaching staff's getting a better feel for who can do what and in and, and what situations. Uh, you know, they've, they've also, and this isn't, again, this isn't a blaming their problems on luck, but they've had some bad luck in terms of the injuries on the offensive line, in terms of the the unavailability of different quarterbacks, Jordan Travis or, or Mackenzie Milton, at different periods of this preseason and then into the season. Uh, those things have hurt as well. But I do think through four games, they, they've started to get a feel for what they need to do today. Kenny Dillingham talked at length about getting the ball to these running backs more, forcing it to them, even when the numbers don't suggest that they should be running plays. And, and then also I think they're, they're figuring out what Mackenzie Milton could do since he's the main option right now at quarterback. So I, I, I think there's that feeling out process as part of it, but I also think they the, co- the coach need to do a better job. I mean, that, 
it's not all on the lack of talent. So let's go there. Let's go straight to quarterback where their options are very limited. But obviously you've seen it, Ira. You've been asked on your social media platforms. We know on the Warchant.com message boards and certainly on this chat here, everybody is clamoring for Chubba Purdy. Um, and, and even if you're uh, fair-minded and honest in your assessment of Chubba Purdy, uh, that is to suggest that just merely putting him here, him in here will not change the fortunes of Florida State season. Um you you can have a logical and, and balanced discussion about the need to play him some, right? When when would you do it, and do you think we'll see him anytime soon? Well, you know, he is on the two-deep depth chart this week for the first time. I mean, it's, it's listed as Mackenzie Belton and then Jordan Travis or Chubba Purdy. And, you know, obviously Jordan Travis was not available this past Saturday, and part of that's probably because he's not they don't know if he's going to be available this Saturday. Right. But they could have just but they could have just left it as just Jordan Travis. I mean, it's not like that thing is a binding agreement. Sure. Uh, you know, they've had other guys listed on the two deep that, that they were pretty sure were not going to play. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a signal that Trevor Purdy's getting closer to where they feel like they could get him in games. And I, I think they need to. Um, now, I don't know that it's something where uh, you're going to do it in the first couple series where you might mess up the rhythm. Uh, and that's del- delicate because, as we said earlier this season, the Jacksonville State game particularly, I felt like that those quarterbacks – changes that they were doing affected the you know the rhythm and and just the the production of the offense so i think you got to be smart about it i don't think you can go into the game with a game plan this is exactly when we're going to use him but i would look for an opportunity to for sure and maybe it's even if you come up with a package for him especially because of his running ability maybe you bring him in in a third and short or in a red zone situation just to kind of get him going get him to the feed the speed of the game get him in a little bit and then maybe give him maybe give him a series at some point. I think you work him in gradually. You don't throw him to the wolves, but I do think you need to start giving him a look because Mackenzie Milton's only got eight more games here. Uh, Jordan Travis, we don't know what his future is going to be, whether or not he can hold up physically. Uh, Trevor Purdy's the next guy up. They need to start giving him some work. So I know you brought it up in your three two one on Warchant dot com. Um, what do, what do we know about what Mike is saying to his team about these slow starts? Uh, obviously, it is very difficult to watch this team come out the gates and just look so flat-footed time and again. Uh, I am curious uh, about the possibility of perhaps doing something different. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that it makes a, a, much of a difference, but obviously they can't play any worse than they have in the, to start these games. Yeah, he did say that you know, he actually talked to – they have a, like a unity council type thing on the team, and he, he spoke to them on Sunday and kind of was – you know, trying to get their thoughts, trying to get their feelings on why they feel like uh, maybe they're not as, you know, prepared as they need to be. I mean, there were a couple of the players made comments after the game that they felt like the team was lackadaisical kind of coming out to start the game. That's certainly the way they played defensively um, and on both sides of the ball. It's a weird thing to hear, too, isn't it? Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ira. It's just such a weird thing to hear. How in the hell do you come out lackadaisical? Well, I, I do think sometimes players say things just because they're just trying to come up with a reason. right, right. Uh, but I also think you know they did not play. They did not play the the ferocity and the 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 anger you saw the defense play with when they got the hat behind big. That was not there at the beginning. No, they didn't hit like that. They didn't they didn't beat blockers like that. They didn't fight through um, things the way they did later in the game. So so that has to come to, to the surface earlier. Offensively, specifically, uh, Kenny Dillingham dismissed uh, the idea that maybe they need to do anything different in their pregame warm-ups, which I, I think maybe they should look at that, but he dismissed that. But he, what he did say was they ran some plays early in that game to get guys opportunities to make a – basically 
we're going to get you in a position, either receiver or running back, where you just got to beat one guy. And I think the place Ontario Wilson placed Malik McLean. Oh, you're going to have a position. You just got to beat this one guy, and you're going to pick up a big gain. And we're going to have an opportunity to get something going. And in both plays, the receiver got nothing. They, as soon as they, as soon as the defensive defensive back got close to them, they they went down. And and so that's he he made basically alluded to. We've got to look at maybe these guys can't make those plays, or we got to look at other options. So um, Gillingham kind of dismissed that it's anything more than. Guys just have to make plays, um, but Mike Norvell did acknowledge it's it's something they're definitely looking at. Yeah, those that, that first uh, series for Florida State's an end around, and the offensive line uh, gets blown up pretty quickly, uh, and and he has to be further back in the backfield than you'd want him to be before ever having a chance to go forward. And then you have the quick pass to McLean. It's one on one. He does get tackled immediately. That's not going to be his forte, by the way. The quickness is not going to be the thing that separates him. And then there's the sack. Robert Scott gets his ass beat pretty quick and pretty easily on third down. Um, and then the next series for Florida State, it's um, you know pretty frustrating as well because you, you go Corbin up the middle, you got one yard, second down shotgun, they pitch to Corbin, no gain, third down. Um, you do get a conversion there for 15 yards to McLean. You think, okay, here we go, uh, but it, it doesn't work. The, the drive is not sustained. It's I, I, I don't know. It's a little bit like throwing – things against the wall. I'm not saying there wasn't a, a coaching game plan this time around, but when you're lacking any sort of domination up front, you don't have a dynamic player at quarterback or receiver, it really is hard to know what you come out and begin the game with. Well, you know. Yeah, and I think that in, in Dillingham, you can kind of hear some of the frustration as he talked through it about the offense, because on the one hand, you know, they're, they're not explosive enough to make up a, a tackle for loss, and they have a lot of tackles for loss. They're one of the worst teams in the country. Yes, they do. Mackenzie yeah. Milton had took six sacks in that game, and some of those sacks never should have been sacks. Um, but this offense can't make that up. So the answer to that would be, okay, well, if we if we can't, um, if we're not explosive enough, then we have to be consistently good. But the problem is they haven't been consistently good either. They, they put together some drives and then have one big mistake or something like that. Um, and so they're they're kind of, you know that they haven't been able to find something they can hang their hat on, and, and but ultimately that's on the coaching staff. They 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 have to figure it out. I mean, it, it's it's the the talent is not where it needs to be, but it's not so bad that you're scoring this amount of points in, in these games and losing the way you are. What did you make of Norvell's? Um... I mean, I don't. I don't think it was a diatribe at all. Response, impassioned response to our own Corey Clark's question about the messaging to the recruits after an zero and four start. I thought you saw passion there. I, I don't think coaches can win when they're zero and four. Fans get mad at them no matter no matter what they say. But uh, what were your thoughts on what he had to say there? I thought it was great, man. And and you know, yeah, people I agree. Complain because people are going to complain about everything. But yeah, no, I thought it was great and. Uh, I thought it was it was exactly the tone he needed. I thought he kind of as he started talking, I think he started getting himself fired up and uh but it wasn't just the emotion. He touched on some really significant issues. Yeah. Issues in that conversation. Yeah. First of all, he acknowledged he's like, "Look, I've made mistakes and I'm I'm going to make mistakes." And I thought that was important for him to acknowledge cuz this hasn't been a situation where you can put it all on the players. The coaching staff has made some mistakes as well. But he owned up also to you know some of the fourth down calls. He feels like maybe he needs to look at that and be a little bit more conservative. I think that you know that was a, a positive sign that he's willing to assess that and, and look at it because that's something he believes in. Um, but then he also you know talked about the the the, the way the 
you know, the players, the response to adversity isn't where it needs to be because this program's been in a shambles now for a few years. And so when things go wrong, they really go wrong. But, but the fact that those guys aren't packing it in and the fact that these recruits are sticking with them tells him that these are the guys that I'm going to be able to win with down the road and we have to get through this together. So, you know, again, I, there are people, there are, obviously there are going to be tons of people who say, whatever, win games. Yeah, that's fine. But I thought it was a great message. And, and if I'm a recruit, you know, they send out all these things to recruits, these like gifts and pictures and photoshops and all. Just send that. Send parts of that speech out to recruits, and I think it'll, it'll work wonders for them. Well, I think it's a consistent message. I mean, I think that's kind of what's also been said behind the scenes. Maybe not as passionately, maybe not as a result of uh, setbacks, but I think that's been the messaging all along is, hey, I, I, I do things a certain way. I am going to do that when you get here, no matter if you're the number one recruit in the country or somewhere further down the line in terms of recruiting ranking, uh, or or he says the same things to, to transfers. Like, hey, you know, I mean, Jermaine Johnson said to me before the season began that that Norvell sat across from him and didn't just say, hey, you'll come, you'll start, and, you know, it's an opportunity for you to play, you know, the first day you're here. He said, yeah, you obviously you see there's an opportunity for you to play, but also I'm going to make you do this, 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 and this, and if you can't handle them that, maybe maybe you shouldn't come. There, there is a consistency of message there. I think all recruits uh, appreciate that. Every coach who's been a good recruiter that I've ever heard talk has said to me before when asked the question, what makes a good recruiter? Brutal honesty. But I also love the message you sent to the fans, which was, look, I get it. If we're down 31-7 to and we're 0-3, I'm pissed. you're pissed off, and you have a right to be pissed off. But if you stayed around, I'm not mad at you if you left, but if you stayed around, you saw a team that really fought and really competed, and that was pretty cool because uh, we all thought that at the time. That this is, at least this team is competing and they're fighting. They're, they're, if they lose, it's going to be because they run out of time, not because they run out of effort. And uh, and he, it was kind of a little subtle message to the fans as well. It's like, hey, I'm not mad at you. You have a right to be mad, but if you if you stay with us, you're going to see some cool things. So I thought he hit on a lot of good topics. Always appreciate it, brother. I will see you tomorrow for some of the headlines. Be good. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. All right, take care. That's uh, Irish Fell, managing editor, warchant.com. I thought so, too. I mean, I appreciate passion. I appreciate how frustrated he is. I appreciate that there is a consistency, consistency of message. I appreciate that in the midst of an 0-4 season, they're not wavering in their approach. They're not second-guessing it. I think that the areas in which we could be critical of this staff are very different uh, in regards to uh, maybe stuff like game planning, preparation, desperation, those kinds of things, personnel, personnel decisions at times, uh, what play you run for, which guy, that kind of stuff. But it hasn't been because of a lack of a cogent message and belief system uh, in which the players uh, are not buying in. No, they've bought in. They've bought in completely, and they remain that way. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Got it. What a mess. All 
Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and soon we'll have probables. First, let me mention that if a tree falls on your roof, you're thinking, damn, man, that ain't good. If you got structural damage, make sure you uh, have my man T-Spark. T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction available to help come inspect the roof. Best part is with T-Spark, it's one phone call because he can not only fix the roof, but they are licensed. He is a licensed general contractor. We can also take care of any structural damage. That's good to know. And, um, hey, look, they'll help you navigate the insurance process. Help put your home back to pre-claim condition. Doesn't matter. Wind damage, missing shingles, call T-Spark to inspect your roof today. That's a good thing. All right, time for probables. Before I get to that, I'll note North Florida Payroll Services sponsoring this segment. We love our friends at North Florida Payroll Services. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Got a makeup of a postponed game going on right now between Cleveland and Kansas City. They've just finished the fifth. It's 5-3. to three. Cleveland, Jackson Coar starting for Kansas City. Cal Quantrill for the Indians. In-game, Cincinnati. Make up of a postponed game from the 22nd as well. Bottom of the fifth there. Cincinnati having their way with Pittsburgh. Most due. 8-1. to one. Pirates at 58 wins if you're counting at home. Come on, baby. We can get there. Get to 60 wins. Come on, guys. White Sox, Tigers, they are also making up a postponed game from earlier. 6-1 to one White Sox lead. That's in the fifth. That's Dallas Keuchel and Matt Manning. Tonight... Nationals, Rockies, nobody watching. Josiah Gray and Herman Marquez. Then a lot of people watching. A's, Mariners, 10-10, Cole Irvin, Chris Flexen. And that is a look at those that shall reside of the up. So does Arkansas get the comeuppance this weekend? After being such a great story, Arkansas is... A robust 18.5-point underdog to Georgia, despite that big win against Texas A&M. They have been good in big games. Well, two big games. They played well in this year. That was Texas and now Texas A&M. But, um, noting that demons of line, it's, it's pretty amazing. By the way, should note that Georgia has played UAB, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt since that Clemson game. They've outscored their opponents in those games. You ready for this? 156 to 20. Holy ass beatings. 156 to 20. When you think about how bad we are and how far away we are, seeing 156 to 20 against anybody, any three teams, is is saying some things. They are 3 and 1 against the number this year. Uh, Cincinnati with their one chance to shine this weekend if they go on the road and beat Notre Dame. We'll see. They're favored to do so. I find that surprising. Iowa favored on the road against Maryland, UCLA, Arizona State, others. Florida, Kentucky could be interesting. I mentioned that earlier in the show. Also wanted to point out Alabama has now won 100 consecutive games against unranked teams. Is that right? 100 consecutive games against unranked teams. It is a streak that dates back to 2007. 2007, uh, that is uh, 
I mean, that, that's insane. If you're walking into the stadium or watching from afar, it doesn't really matter, and you're an Alabama fan, and you, you turn to your friend and you go, hey, listen, Jack, uh, is, is the team we're playing ranked today? And he says, no. You're like, all right, good win. Just forget about it before they even kick it off. Just that, all right, great win. Minus 14, 77 and a half against Ole Miss. All right. I, uh, I've got to tell you, it was not a good week for yours truly. Three and six. Three and six in the nine games I picked here. But a beautiful three-team, six-point teaser on an NFL Sunday allowed for the chase to make up, baby. All right, Arizona. All right, Buffalo and Cleveland. Boy, those teasers can be fun. One of these weekends, just for giggles, I'm going to do uh, – I'm going to tease every game. I won't win. Sprinkle some pizza money. I'm going to tease every game just to find out. Congratulations to uh, the United States for winning the Ryder Cup. But I have to admit, beaming with pride as two Knowles are on the Ryder Cup team. Think about that. That's rare. Uh, two Knowles on the Ryder Cup team uh, and both played very, very well uh, and uh, had a big part in the United States. Boat racing Europe. That is an ass-beating, one of the three largest Point total victories uh, ever in the Ryder Cup. That is something. That is, uh, my goodness gracious, not competitive Europe. We're going to have to step up our game. I had it wrong. Last week I was saying that I thought that uh, the Ryder Cup in two years was at uh, St. Andrews. It is not. I think it's in Rome. Maybe I'll go. Take it on the road. Oh, anybody can go here when it's a home game like Tom did. Anybody can roll up there to Kohler, Wisconsin when you've got an overwhelming advantage. Maybe you take it on the road to Rome, you're doing some things. Me and you will go in two years, and Let's Tom go. can stay here by himself <laughs> For a week. and do the yeah. show. And we'll roll up to Rome. <laughs> up to Rome. We'll get on a plane and go to Rome, buddy. Try to bring one back across the pond, eh? I did really like Rory's uh, post-round. He's He's just... He's likable. He's just the best. He's really, really likable. He's very, very, very genuine. Um, I think, you know, well, that that comes from perspective. I, I will say this. I wonder if, and, and for those that missed it, he was emotional because he talked about what an honor it is to play in these kinds of events. And he, saw, he said that, you know, he, he doesn't take for granted to be part of something like this. And he was excited for the young players who got an opportunity for the first time to be part of something like this. And, and, and clearly he has perspective now that he didn't have as a younger man. Um, and, and so, and he wanted to play better because he didn't play real well. And, and he was frustrated. But I do wonder if it will be in some way a turning point for him in this next year. And I know we're at the end of the show and people really do, there's a lot of people that don't care about golf, but uh, given that that's something else that I cover. I, okay, so you have the perspective to understand these opportunities are limited and how fortunate you are, and also he's worked very hard, he's earned it, to, to get to play in these things. And there will be a few more opportunities for him to still to play because he broke in so young. He, he, still, he still has some good years left there. Will it be enough for him to be pissed off both with the way he's playing and the inconsistencies of the regular season in the tour to see this turn? We're, we're still waiting, man. This is a guy that when we get to these majors, you're like, mm, no chance. If he doesn't play well in three of the four, I just hope he wins the Masters because he's, he's just too good of a player not to have the Grand Slam. Good point, Glenn, by the way. I saw that, too. That guy's name is Bumper Pool. It's a real name on Arkansas's team, and it cracked me up, and I saw it as well, and I laughed about it. 
<sighs> distractions. We got distractions. Trying to do our thing. Similar headlines with you tomorrow. Don't forget to listen to Greg Tish tomorrow morning. Good job, Matthew. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to all of you for watching. Be good. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.